If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come one, come all. You are listening to the Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. This is our first episode, our prologue, our premise uh, to lay the foundation for uh, what you guys are going to be listening to. Um, so, Joel, first things first, our papa freaks all the honeys. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me something about yourself. Tell the people about yourself. Um, I'm a nerd. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I, I like, I enjoy, um, shocking people in the sense of they perceive me to be one thing. And then, you know, you're, wait a second, what? And they just kind of, you know, prejudge you for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, people I play hockey with or, you know, and then, then we get into some, I have some, you know, economics perspective. They're like, who are you? Okay, so what do you mean your economics perspective? Where are you coming from in regards to that? Um, well, I went to school for uh, accounting. Did my, I got my accounting designation. And as part of that program, I was essentially um, forced, but thankfully uh, forced to do a lot of economics courses. Um, and so throughout university, I did really well in economics. I enjoyed it. Uh, I have a pretty solid foundation in math, and that, that helps because a lot of economics is taught via math. Um, but, oh, since finishing school, I've really been drawn into Austrian economics. Okay. Um, which is really just a different school of thought, not, not drastically different in most of the the economic thinking that exists out there today. Um, but the approach is, is a little different. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Darnell Samuels. Uh, born and raised in Brampton, Ontario. Proud of it. B-Town, we out here. Um, I'm a North American kid at heart. Um, I love rap music. Now, like just rap music, period. So, you know, every now and then you might uh, catch me inadvertently uh, <laughs> spitting a verse. So I apologize in advance. Um, I'm a hooper. Um, Meaning, uh, ball is life. Even um, now, you know that was before Christ, before I became a Christian. Um, so, you know, I've coached for 15 years, um, and I still train guys um, every now and then. Um, and because I'm a hooper, um, I'm a sneakerhead. <laughs> so, um, I love kicks, and I love the culture. I love um, the the economics um, surrounded uh, surrounding around um sneaker culture um so i'm not that guy that that licks shoes and buys them and uh <laughs> doesn't wear them that's that's not my thing um but there's one thing i love more than kicks and that's books so i'm a reader um my favorite book besides the bible is um holiness um by jc ryle and i'm known as a a, theo- a theological guy uh, I went to, I'm, well, I'm still presently at school at uh, Tyndale University and Seminary. Uh, so for fun, I study 
uh, theology and exegesis, but my academic um, discipline is history and economics. Uh, so yeah, shout out to all the Tyndalians out there doing big things. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joel, why don't you tell the people how we met? Because it's kind of weird. People are like, okay, well, you guys don't look related. Yeah. Um, yeah, not at all. Um, well, why don't I give a little more context to who I am? Because you just put me to shame with way more info. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gave people where my head's at. You told us where your body's been for the last 20 years. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up in Mississauga. So, Saga City. Saga man's. <laughs> um, hockey player pretty much my whole life and my whole family. Three, I got two brothers. We all play hockey. Um, wouldn't be surprised if my kids play hockey one day. Um, okay. Yeah. Pretty much grew up in a Christian home. So that's really how our connection became established. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of a friend basically invited me out to, to this thing at McDonald's, midnight McDonald's session, which turned out to be a, a thing called CLS. Uh, and I would say pretty much me and you connected right away, kind of getting into it. You, you, uh, use your favorite line, which I'm sure I'll show up here a bunch, unpack that. And oh, I was like, right, okay, right, right. okay. You know, you're challenging people to, to dig into what they're saying and not just let the, the surface level statement sit. Right. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, um, about CLS, CLS is a Bible study that me, Joel, and a couple other guys. Um, from from Brampton, Mississauga, and the surrounding areas um, started about seven years ago. We meet every Friday night uh, to expositionally walk through uh, the scriptures. The acronym CLS stands for Christ Lives Sucker. Christ Lives Sucker, but well, it's 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 dope though. It's it's dope, man. It's it's kind of like um. It's 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 a family, it's a brotherhood of critical thinking Christians um, that walk through the scriptures verse by verse. You can find us on Twitter or on Instagram at CLS Bible Study. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's how me and Joel met, and um, I got to host his uh, wedding. Yep. Yeah. Um. So so that was really cool. Uh, Jamarian and I, you know. So that was that was a lot of fun. So now here we are. Um trying to uh do this podcast thing or we're doing it right now so let's just jump right in uh why why the sixth sense report why a podcast um i mean i i know for me it it really started from my own just consumption of podcasts um i would say in the last year i've kind of gone crazy in terms of just can started consuming more and more uh and I found myself listening to things, wanting to be engaged in the conversation. Um, and now that's, I mean, I, especially when it comes to, to economics. Um, there's, there's a quote by Rothbart that, that I really like um, that, that makes, that puts economics in perspective, I think, for a lot of people. Um, so the quote is, by Murray Rothbart, it is no crime to be ignorant of economics, which is, after all, a specialized discipline, and one that most people consider to be a dismal science. But it is totally irresponsible to have a loud and vociferous vo- opinion sorry, on economic subjects while remaining 
in this state of ignorance. And I remember watching, I recorded this video and said to Dar- Darnell, which I think is really the catalyst for why this exists. Um, I was watching SportsCenter highlights and there, the commentator was intro, introducing a, a segment by saying, laissez-faire basically means buyer beware. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like just, you know, throwing economics yeah. turns on a sports show right. that are just spewing ignorance. Okay. And just for people who aren't aware, what does laissez-faire mean? Um, in the simplest perspective, it's the government taking a very lazy, obviously I'm translating poorly, but, but a very simple approach or a very held back approach to the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, do as little as necessary mm-hmm. um, would be another way that I would word it. Um, do I think that consumers need to be more educated when the government's doing less? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And hence why I took issue with that quote or that intro uh, on a sports show. Okay. okay. What about you? What makes uh, you want to sit here and talk to me about stuff? Uh, well, I felt that there was a void in uh, Christendom in regards to thinking biblically about economics. Uh, not to say that there wasn't much content, but more so addressing everyday application uh, as it pertains to uh, the Canadian context. So um, I know that the, well, the Bible isn't a book on economics. Uh, so it's a book on God's plan of redemption for his people. So economics and, and the scriptures aren't necessarily the same thing, but they do have of points of similarity. So I just felt like from a Christian standpoint, there was a lot of commentary being given in the uh, social media that was based off of um that was that was without biblical that was without biblical precedent in regards to uh commentary so for example uh i find like there's a dichotomy within christendom today in regards to uh the first great commission and the second great commission so the first great commission is the cultural mandate found in genesis 1:26 uh, which is God's command to all men to uh, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over the earth, which is in cultivating God's creation, being a good steward of what he has created, uh, taking creation and making culture. Right, So that's God's command to all men, not just Christians. Uh, but then we have the second great commission, which is what we see in Matthew 28, go out and make disciples. Uh, so we got down, we, as Christians, we got that part down packed. Right? We, we, can, we can preach the gospel, we can witness. We know how to do church. But once that conversation ends in regards to um, do you want to, uh, or, you know, in their response to the gospel, once that conversation's done, it seems like there's nothing else for us to talk about. And we, we don't have um, informed, informed, yeah, informed um, decisions, or even just the view that we've adopted in regards to social matters isn't informed by scripture. Now, there's points where scripture's silent, where, you know, we have to just use wisdom and really say, okay, well, look, you know what? Economics to me is the study of how things work, right? About uh, transactions and stewardship of limited resources. So a lot of times as, as people, 
forget Christians, but as people, you know, it's good to study the world we live live in. We want to be cognizant of how the world works around us. And I felt like there wasn't a form for Christians to talk in that context in a disciplined manner, not in a free-for-all where people are just voicing their opinions without being informed, but a sphere where we can say, okay, well, look, let's talk about uh, supply and demand. Let's talk about capitalism as it pertains to us as Canadians right now. Uh, not everything is going to have a Christian bent to it because the Bible is silent in certain aspects. Um, but we just wanted to, well, I wanted to help create a conversation uh, for that context. Yeah, uh, on that note, I would say that for me, I think a lot of people maybe go to the wrong place when they hear economics in the sense they instantly go to like wealth or uh, inequality, income inequality, or they go to places of, you know, very specific components of finance mm. that that is obviously relevant to economics but but is not the you know the entire body of economics and and i would say you know why i another reason why i want to have conversations with an economics perspective is because for me economics is really about explaining human action mm-hmm. right how do humans or how do we interact to incentives and how are the incentives of the individuals that were referring to in a context influencing why they do what they do or why they've acted the way they acted and how changing those incentives could actually be good or bad. I mean, a lot of times in economics, we use this term of the unintended consequences of government action Mm. because they intend to do one thing, but while intending to do that, they cause the incentive structure to be completely different than than it was when they tried to act. Right such that there's unintended consequences. Right, right. Okay, it's funny you're saying that because now I'm thinking theology and I'm thinking God's divine providence and how there are just things that, unintended consequences that we didn't account for. Of course, God accounted for, and we know that God is in control and he is sovereign over all things. But sometimes we lose fact that, okay, God is sovereign and in his providence, these things are working out and we're really just tracing um, how these things work within the economy. Like, okay, how far does this go and why do these things happen? The way I kind of see theology and economics um, uh, the way they're similar is that they're they're both against popular opinion. So I'm giving the listener a head up. I'm, no, I'm giving the listener a heads up right now. You're going to hear a lot of unpopular opinions. So if you've already subscribed and you're easily offended and you catch feelings, it's all right to unsubscribe. Don't 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 feel no ways. Um, but I'm but I'm giving you guys a heads up right now. So I would say the two schools of thought is like Buckley's. Tastes terrible in your mouth, but it works. Right. <laughs> It burns. It burns. Oh, huh? oh, the doctrine of election. It burns. It burns, bro. It burns the throat. But it's got to go down to the heart. And when you feel it in the heart, it's just, it's just tingly, right? Right. That's, that's Buckley's, right? But that, but that's also theology. And I think that's also economics. Um, like a good example of of economics and why it's important in regards to helping the poor, right? Uh, or yeah, just making sure that you're not hurting them because you can still hurt them in having good intentions, mm-hmm. right? Just like if a person goes to a doctor and the doctor misdiagnoses the person and they give you the wrong drugs, they can kill you. Now, the doctor had good intentions in helping the sick guy, but if he doesn't diagnose that problem properly and he gives you the wrong medicine, he could kill you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, so these are things that we want to love people. We want to care about people. So therefore, we should study hard enough to make sure that we're helping in the right way. And that's why I think it's important. Well, and I think that that leads into, you know, what people can expect from us is that, you know, our opinions are going to come from an informed perspective. You know, we're going to be doing our research. When we say we're going to say things that are, 
you know, not necessarily popular. It's not that we're looking for shock value. It's not that we're we're going to necessarily expect our opinion to be offensive. It's that our opinion or our perspective is going to come a very like deductive nature. I mean, I, that's why I actually follow the Austrian School of Economics because I feel like they, or from my perspective, and and I would suggest that most people in that school would argue that the way that uh, principles are developed is very much in a deductive manner. Right. Statistics or or um, studying the the world as it is is used to understand the situation that we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually inform the principles. Mm-hmm. Now. It might mean that I need to uh, evaluate the principles that I believe because my principles aren't matching up with society. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the the statistics that you know, oh, this particular policy didn't work, mm-hmm. or this particular policy created something completely different than what we expected from a deductive nature. Maybe it's because we didn't account for the unintended consequences. Right. It doesn't necessarily say that this opinion or this pr- principle, therefore, is didn't false because the statistics line up or don't line up okay right right so so we're gonna do uh sound research uh we're going to teach principles right <laughs> we're gonna teach principles uh not necessarily politics um but we but yeah but we want to teach uh principles we want the listener to be able to empower them to think for themselves rather than tell them to what to think that's what we want to teach we want to uh encourage dialogue right and kind of uh, stay away from keyboard courage or thumb thugging, which we don't support here. Um, but yeah, really just really getting to talk to people that you disagree with. Uh, so also us being Canadian, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're touching on a point that I think most of the conversations that whether they're happening around economics or, or just social issues are generally either in mainstream media or in the or in the U.S. So you know, in Canada, I feel like we've got a lot of mainstream media giving us commentary, and that commentary is not objective. I mean, anyone who thinks mainstream media is giving you an objective opinion is is foolish. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we are going to be completely objective, but we're going to recognize our biases. Mm-hmm. You know, our goal is to not give people, oh, here's how we think you should think about things. Mm-hmm. It's going to be here's how I think about it. Here's why I think about it that way. And, and trying to even argue the other side and say, okay, in light of these facts, this is why someone might argue the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and ideally, we would give our criticisms of such. But the goal is to be objectively evaluating the situation, whereas I believe there's oper- there, there is some stuff like that in the U.S., um, but in, within Canada, we're mostly dominated by a mainstream media, whether that's conservative or liberal. Um, they're, they're feeding the information through a filter of emotionally trying to center you in one way or another. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, no, totally. Uh, one of my concerns was, uh, especially with Donald Trump becoming president, uh, I felt like us as Canadians, we kind of, uh, caught this like nosy neighbor syndrome (laughs) where, you know, we're minding our neighbor's business, but our, our homes in chaos. So, you know what I mean? Everybody's asking me about Trump, but you know, there's things going on. Right. I mean, who cares, man? Like, 
like what's going on in our own backyard in our own neighborhood you know they just raised you know our, our minimum wage the 15 dollars, and i'm you know everybody's turned around like i'm turned around like oh shoot when did that happen you know i'm too busy laughing at trump and you know there's things going on in my in my uh country that i'm not um paying attention to and i also think like yo at the end of the day yo we grown men and we're not 18 or 17 years old anymore we don't live in a bubble where um our parents are covering everything for us where we're actually involved we were we have wives we have kids uh we go to work we have car we we have cars we have rent you know what i'm saying so so responsibility yeah so we're grown so so this podcast is, is is for grown men and and yeah and hopefully you know this would encourage you know people to be in um informed about the world around them so you know you can be educated and and have something to say in, in a conversation at a party, at the water cooler, at work, where, you know, yeah, because a lot of times the, the, these concepts that we talk about, whether it's NAFTA or the census or the, um, our asylum program, these are things that the average person doesn't give a, a rip about, right? But you listen to Sixth Sense Report, we'll put you on the game, um, inform you, so at least you have uh, some kind of background in, or some informed with something to say. Yeah, and I would say that most of the time where most people don't have an opinion on it or they don't care about those topics because right. they don't see how it potentially impacts them. Mm -hmm. And they're only ever given it, you know, mostly through mainstream media in a 30-second, two-minute clip that just brushes over the topic, maybe with an emotional response trying Buzzfeed. to be, yeah, you know, BuzzFeed, <laughs> a, a Facebook clip or a headline. The BuzzFeed scholars. <laughs> <laughs> right it, yeah and, and i think our our goal really is to to encourage people to be willing to have conversations like the conversations we're gonna have right and, and think about these issues critically not just simply like oh it's purely about people's emotions yeah. or it's purely about the financial or it's you know there's there's so many multi-levels to these things that in my opinion consuming your news in in a you know just feed after feed or or clip after clip it is almost meaningless because it doesn't provide you anything other than really entertainment. And, right. and I don't think that that's actually productive for, for us as a, a culture or a society right. to okay. whether, you know, shape things or, or to identify when things are problems. Right. Okay. So what should they uh, not expect from us? Oh, well, um, I think I kind of started talking about one of them already, which is the idea of like representing the other side. Don't expect us to straw man. Don't expect okay, us. Okay, well, hold on. What does straw man mean? So in a simple term, without getting into the uh, logical fallacy, it's a logical fallacy, but without getting into the definition, I think the simplest way of understanding it is you're representing the other side in the easiest way to destroy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the, ways i always a friend of mine if he hears this he'll know i'm talking about him he used to always say that christians worship a, a zombie mm -hmm. you know i would say you're calling this is a straw man like mm -hmm. you're 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 mocking the view about christ in a way that that makes it easier for people to go yeah okay that's stupid rather than actually engaging the topic right 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 i i would i would use the term with straw man i i like to use the term academic integrity in yeah. that like yo at least try to study it at least show that you've tried your hardest to understand it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I would say on that note, our goal is to Iron Man. Well, actually, it's 
I'm stealing the term. It's really Steel Man, but Iron Man sounds better. Yeah, for us. I think Iron Man <laughs> sounds better. Though. That, uh, all right, Joel. Thanks for the definition. <laughs> I, Iron Manning, though, is um, to to steal from. Uh, I think it's one of the Weinstein brothers on uh, Ruben Report said. Essentially, you want to represent the other side of the uh, the argument as strong as possible. Mm-hmm. Right, so even if they've presented it poorly, you want to present the other side's argument better than they do. Right, so that, as you put it, academic integrity—that the conversation is at the utmost quality, right. rather than just simply trying to perpetuate your ideology. Right. You're trying to use principles to evaluate what is the best way to navigate these situations. Right, right. Another thing that you guys will not get from us is uh, conspiracy theories. So none of that uh, drunk uncle talk, you know, that uncle who, you know, hasn't read a lick in his life, but has a comment on everything and nothing connects. So you're not getting that from us uh, in regards to uh, our report. Also, uh, you will not get mix up. And for those of you who do not know what mix up is, mix up is gossip and bad mind. So we're not (laughs) we're not going to be covering that. This is not the shade room. This is the light room. <laughs> All right. We're not here to talk about who hot, who not. Tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores. You tell me who flopped, who copped the blue drop, who jewels got rock. Right. We're not here for that. Right. We want, we want to come and bring the truth to you guys. All right. So please do not, do not tune in. If, if uh, Prime Minister Trudeau is caught with his pants down and it's on Worldstar, we will not cover that. I might retweet it. But uh, but we're not we're not gonna cover that joint. Just want to clarify that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I, I want to touch briefly on the the conspiracy theorist stuff. Um, uh, again, I think I'm quoting the same guy that I just quoted around Steel Manning. Um, he said, "Conspiracy theorists get a bad name because they fill in the details." Okay. So. As I understood it, what he's referring to is the fact that sometimes there's truth that is unexplained. And rather than use a statement of, I don't know what this means, or I don't know why this is what it is, they're giving you a story for why they've rationalized an explanation. There's a lot of assumption. There's a lot of filling in of details in order to whether it's sell their story, entertain, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, what I touched on there briefly is for us, having the statement of I don't know is something of value. Right. Right. That's, that's deep. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, so basically for those who are listening, the, the field that I wanted to, or that Joel and I wanted to give you was like something like the Contra Krugman. Right where 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 they find uh, posts and they argue with what has been posted um, on in the New York Times, Times by Paul Krugman. By Paul Krugman, they basically take an article or from his blog mm-hmm. and they read it. They try to concisely cover it with minimal commentary, right? And then agree and disagree, right? Back and forth. A lot of times they'll use <laughs> Krugman's own quotes to, to disprove right. them, but that's a different, right? Right. So, so in a sense, you know, so so you're still taking um, an opinion that's out there. So that's where we kind of get the sentiment of the sixth sense report, and that's C E N T S. That's my two cents, Joel's two cents, and then what's your two cents or um, the two cents that's already out there. Uh, the whole concept is more so along the lines of dialogue, 
Um, and that's so important today because we, we don't have that. We don't have that. Somebody says something you disagree with, you catch feelings and you unfriend them, you unfollow them. And that's honestly, that's soft things or that's, yeah, that's, that's childish. Snowflakes. Snowflakes, childish, <laughs> soft things. Uh, yeah, man, we, yeah, we gotta, we gotta put on our big boy pants and, and, and man up and be able to have conversations with people that we disagree with. And that's, and that's what we're about. We want to have that. Um, we also want to be able to, especially as Christians, we can't deny that we're Christians. So we still want to have that, that briefing feel that Al Mola brings in regards to tying things up and showing you how these things um, work for us and, and how God is still somewhat involved. Uh, but also we want to bring a bit of um, first take, right? Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless. Um, I'll be Stephen A. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, me and Joel will go, we'll go back and forth. Um, and that's good. Cause I, I always learn, um, through, through argumentation, through debate. Um, and, and it's funny cause I think both of our, our strengths, just to let people know off the bat, this is what you want to know about how me and Joel are alike. We're very good in debate. We use logic and we understand, uh, debate strategies. So we're ready. <laughs> Right. Come get it. Yeah, come get it. Yeah, come get it. Come get it. I, I actually, I was going to use an analogy of Mayweather McGregor, but I don't want to disrespect you like that. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect Joel like that. You know what I mean? Because Joel, Joel is 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 a worthy opponent and 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 to be respected. You know, so I'm I'm definitely glad um I got this guy on the team. So that's really cool. Yeah, no, I'm 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 really excited to engage. Um, obviously with you, but but obvi- you know, if we're not engaging with the public, then then what's the point? Mm-hmm. So, right. right. So, so guys, uh, subscribe, like, share, retweet, call your grandma, tell your pastor, uh, tell tell your MP, Six Sense Report. We're in full effect. But you heard me. Does that make sense? I did.